Welcome to my mom's podcast. Hi, I'm Marisa Calderon, and you're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast. I'm capturing the early childhood journeys of educators, including discussions and strategies on best practices for children, birth through third grade, and sharing them here for you. Welcome to another episode. This is episode seven. For this episode, I had the honor of interviewing my former colleague and now amiga, Imelda Cordova. I met Imelda well over 10 years ago in my work with the Kith and Kin Project of Arizona with ASP. Um, or as it stands for, the Association for Supportive Child Care. She was my boss, and she later became my good friend. Imelda's journey in the field went from working with teen moms to now in a leadership position at Arizona's Children's Association. Imelda is one of those administrators that never let the position get in her head. She always saw the value of empowering her staff that worked with her, and it just never felt like she was your boss. She created an environment with meaning and purpose, and it was authentic. She did that grinding legwork along with you. So without giving away too much more, here's her early childhood journey of this inspiring Latina. Why don't we go ahead and start with um, your position here, where we're at, and tell us about your position. Um, I am recently promoted to the statewide um, director of permanency services. Basically what that is, is overseeing child welfare programs of foster care and adoption, ICPC, and HACS, which is... um, What is that? HACS. So it's home assessment, courtesy supervision, and what that is, is when... um, DCS is involved with the child here in the state of Arizona, but they place the child. So let's say that um, the case has originated out of Maricopa, for instance, but grandmother or some other relative lives in Yavapai. So it has to cross county county lines. So that's hacks. So they can place with kinship families. So we do assessments with families to ensure the safety of the children, and then we also monitor. Since DCS can't go out on a regular basis out to the other county, they contract out with our agency to do that. That's nice, though. That Mm -hmm. way there's a kind of a flow of services, Mm -hmm. right? And the focus is really kinship. Yeah. So that's really important. So um, kinship. Cross, or excuse me, HACS crosses the county lines, and ICPC is very similar to that, but it crosses state lines. So it might be a, an agency out of California, for instance. The, the child's in, involved in foster care in California, but they want to place the child with grandmother who lives in the state of Arizona. Wow. So there has to be an ICPC agreement. Oh my gosh, I have I have so many questions about that. Let's but I want to I want to first talk about you. Mm-hmm. And just for our listening audience, Imelda and I have a long history together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just mm-hmm. talking about the many years. Um You're actually going to put numbers to that? Well, just <laughs> just, <laughs> just for reference sake. Okay. All right. <laughs> um so let me think. I, I I believe you and I first started working together in 2004 Correct. at ASK, which is the other, it's the Association for Supportive Child Care mm-hmm. based out of Tempe, uh, through our Arizona Kith and Kin Project. Correct. And just to, um, in all honesty here, because I like to keep it real in my show, uh, Imelda was probably one of 
my first bosses that <clears throat> while it it didn't feel like a boss, but it was she was certainly really inspiring. So like and uh, it it was just the fact that um I think it was because you came in and you were like all hands on deck and you were willing to do the really tough work with us. Mm-hmm. So and I think that just um as an administrator background myself and supervisor background and um, doing direct care work as well. I think that just uh, makes a difference with your staff mm-hmm. at that level, that bonding that, that you know, um, created there. But 2004, it's been a long time. <laughs> our kids were like talking about our kids in high school now. Yes. Um, and, and I think it was, it's also really neat because um, it's another Latina that has really inspired me and other Latinos um, in this field, in the early childhood, in the social services field, in the foster care field, and so it helps to show that you know that representation. I think so. I so when I was thinking about people to interview, maybe not so much in the in the early childhood focused circle, but I'm like, but email that deals with children and families all the time. Like oh, that's okay. the work that mm-hmm. that is done. So I thought, you know, asking her, can I interview you? I want to highlight you and your work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that was my initial reaction. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so that's kind of like a little history uh, of our connection. But I want to. I also want to know though. How did how did you start in the field? Like I know you went to ASU, correct? And what made you decide to go into working with children or, or families at some capacity? Do you remember? I do. I, I remember sitting in Psychology 101 and learning <laughs> all about the ear and how uh, information is received. Yeah. And I thought, what am I doing here? I could care less how my ear works. I just want to know that it works. I want to know what do I do with that information and what do individuals do with that information what do families do with that information yeah so I was more interested in the interaction and the dynamics of family when I realized that they had family studies at ASU and changed my major right away and I found my home and they found exactly where I wanted to be and luckily, it was early on. It was I was still a freshman at ASU, but I thought I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna be a psychologist. I'm gonna do a counselor. That's not what I wanted to do. You know, I really uh, found my niche in family studies and child development courses and working at the child study um, center. Wow, lab. back yes, then, yes, Ooh. with Dr. Wiegan. He was my professor and really my mentor. That kind of led me to my first job at Early Head Start with Southwest Human Development. Um, and that's how it all began and um so from there I worked at Southwest and worked with teen moms yeah pregnant and parenting teen moms and it was phenomenal and we have I have a family member that was a teen mom herself and has now has two beautiful kids takes care of them loves them and provides for them um so that was somewhat of an inspiration for me to work with teen moms at the time as well and um I learned a lot. I wasn't a parent at that time, and I learned a lot from the teens. Yeah, um, you gotta, you know, empower them to be able to believe in themselves. Yeah. And um, my first supervisor there um, taught me something very key that I think I bring with me to to now. And I, uh, I appreciate you know you sharing your insight that we had the the relationship that we had, and and I. I Meta, yeah. of like really trying to connect with my staff because of what this one supervisor did for me in terms of 
preparing me and building me up to be who I am now. Um, and what she, she empowered me to believe that I could best help the family that I didn't go into supervision with her looking for direction or looking for ideas or how do I help this family? Sure. She said, you're the expert on that family. And guess who's the expert on that family? That teenager is the expert on that family. Yeah. So it's a trickle, you know? So she empowered me to empower the teen to be the best parent that they could be for that child. And for our listening audience that isn't bilingual, Cumpli Mi Meta stands for I Achieve My Goal. So Cumpli Mi Meta, I Achieve My Goal. So now you learned a little bit of Spanish. You're probably going to learn a lot of Spanish in this episode. Yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> I jump back and forth. And I love you, it. Oh, yes. You know, I'm comfortable. And yes, so a- it's gonna absolutely. I, I Absolutely. Because we do have a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking early childhood um, folks the colleagues that I know so um absolutely makes so much sense I want to I want to also talk about you said that you were also pregnant while you were going through that program and how old is your son right now um he just well he's he's a huge part of your life and I want to I feel like I want to highlight that he's going to be 15 in December oh my god so pray for me All of you she guys is that doing are out the, there. She is doing the signal of praying, everyone. Okay. <laughs> we can all just take it. a moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. <laughs> Send some some energy, some good energy with yes. her 15-year-old teenager, mm-hmm. her son. Um, now, I want to mention Damian because I feel like he has, I, 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 and I know this because I was a single parent. We were both mm-hmm. single parents at the time, mm-hmm. which I think that's why um, it resonates a lot with me as well, um, that would you say you found a lot of your strength because of that, because of having him? Absolutely. Strength and focus and yeah. determination to, yeah. um, to do better and to show him better and provide for him and not let, you know, we had ups and downs yeah. and we still, you know, we still do, but you know, we just take it for what it is yeah. and, and push through it. Uh, I've always told him, you know, you can either, continue to make lots of mistakes in life yeah or you can turn those mistakes into lessons and you really don't make any mistakes yeah so we've made mistakes that have turned into lessons <laughs> luckily um but he has definitely um everything that i do even in getting promoted to this position and having this opportunity to even apply for this position with arizona children's um we had a conversation yeah. about what that would look like and what that would mean for both of us because um, it's important for me to have his support as well and to, for him to know that despite the fact that I might have different responsibilities and maybe more responsibilities, he is still my focus. He is my center yeah. of what I do. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. I, I know with um, my kiddo, when I worked at the children's shelter, um, she couldn't conceptualize the type of work I was doing. So there was times when I would, thankfully I was allowed to bring her to come help and volunteer because I needed her to be on board with what I was doing. And mm-hmm. this is why some, you know, this is happening or this is why I need to stay a little bit later. <clears throat> and, um, it, it, it's, imp- I think for us, it's important so, so that they see those, uh, experiences, because then it helps them understand. Well, what do I what do I want to do when I? So when funny I grow that up? you say that when Damian was a kindergarten and they do um, what do I want to be day? Yes. You know, when they grow up, um, he asked to borrow one of my uh, Aska shirts because he wanted to be a foster parent. We make. Oh! 
Oh. Want to be a foster parent. But then he wanted a prom for Burger King because he wanted to work at Burger King. <laughs> and he had a stethoscope because he wanted to be a doctor. Everything. So I was like, hey, you know what? You can do whatever you want. You can work at Burger King. That's awesome. Be a doctor and also be a foster parent if you like. But so. that, what does that say, though, that we help our children feel empowered enough mm-hmm. to not limit themselves and, and aspire to those things? That's Absolutely. awesome. I love that, especially that you're saying that was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I think I remember when Salma was, I don't know, in middle age or middle school, excuse me, Um, she was, she had said that she wanted to be, she wanted to do what I did or be a teacher and I'm like no 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 mija you're gonna be a doctor okay (laughs) no 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 you will not be in this field Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're gonna be a doctor and that way you can contribute with your philanthropy for this Mm -hmm. for this type of work Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would joke with her about that um so I just definitely wanted to make sure and we we kind of captured that and highlighted Mm -hmm. Damian and I do feel that you know, working in the field has impacted him. Um, he has a big heart, yeah. a big heart, very giving. Um, last year's eighth grade project, he actually um, created care bags for the homeless. Um, and we handed them out. And he, on his own, recruited a lot of uh, friends uh, to donate items. Yeah. And some item, and some people donated items, some people donated money. And he went and purchased all the items and created, you know, I think there were like 25 bags yeah. that he ended up handing out to different people. That's awesome. Um, so, and that was his thought. That was his idea. And then he did another project on foster care about um, 17, 17th, Seven, back then, it was 17,000 children were in care, yeah. and he um, made a project that circled around seven, uh, 17,000 children um, is too many. Yeah. Is too many. Yeah. So um, brought that to his school and did some research and then interviewed some of the staff and um, took that back to school and, and from, encouraged people to do foster care. And, That's so powerful. And told them, you know, how important it was for them to potentially open their home or consider it. Yeah. So that's so powerful. I know if it wasn't for my kid, uh, have, if we didn't have a conversation, I would probably have everybody, all of her friends living with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Cause I'm like, Oh, I've, I've raised a little social worker. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> everybody would be live. So I, so mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing on the weekends. I, I, there's always an, uh, one or two extra teenagers at my mm-hmm. house and I get it. So, um, certainly, uh, I appreciate her thought in, in that, and, and that's I, I'm glad that that's that I'm not the only one yeah. that is experiencing. We have to take that. care of each other. Yeah, we have to take care of yeah. each other. We're a community. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with that, with your with your family life, how do you how do you balance that? Some days are easier than <laughs> others. Some days are easier than others, and I've been extremely fortunate. Um, to be here at ASK, um, at ASCA for um, almost 12 years. Yeah. And it's um, it it's an agency that is out there to ensure the safety of children. Right. But they also take care and help strengthen our own families as well. And it's been very flexible um, with me and understanding that sometimes I do have some needs during work hours. Sure. Um, that I have to take care of. And it's permitted me to be there at all teacher conferences, at all games, yeah. at all field trips, and be there for Damian when he's needed yeah. me, you know? And so, but what about you? Because I do that a lot. That's my problem. Yeah. I I give, 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 give. And then, you know, in, in our field, we, we love our families. We love the children we work with. 
um, the cause that we're working towards. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and then I feel like I'm kind of depleted and I need to re-energize and do something for myself. And it's that selfish thing. Like Mm -hmm. I feel kind of crappy about it because I could be doing laundry or I could be doing, doing, you know, instead uh, maybe I'll cook, I'll cook a full meal, but you know, instead I'll order something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I finding that time to, to, rejuvenate for yourself just kind of gather is there any little thing that you kind of do to kind of um you know recharge a little bit um there's different things over the years that I've done or okay or what would you like to do more of how about that more of is sleep an option yes (laughs) I don't I I don't understand when people criticize that like my mom (laughs) yeah my mom too (laughs) I'm like I need if I I am not functional if I don't if I don't have enough sleep yeah. I need it I, I everyone needs to be safe around me so I yeah, right I'm doing it for your <laughs> for benefit, your benefit for your safety yes yeah sleep, sleep is good but also I think um, getting together with my girls you know I have several um, friends that I've had over the years that um, we just did a staycation a couple of a weeks ago how just fun. one day yeah and it was just nothing but women. Yeah. Um, and it was just a relaxing. We went to the pool, had a good time, had some drinks, had some dinner. Yeah. Um, there's times that we go, I go out with a couple of girls and it's not, um, it doesn't have to be an all nighter. Cause no. again, like yes. we need to, yes. we need some sleep. I get it. It's turned into a, an evening of just drinks and some appetizers and just chatting with my girls. Yeah. And just hearing and catching up with them is good. Catching a movie mm-hmm. every so often. Um, Damiana is okay with mama doing things without him now. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so he's he has his friends mm-hmm. that he can go and spend some time <clears throat> with, and mama can spend some time, you know, doing her thing. So those are some of the things that I ensure that I that I yeah. do because otherwise I wouldn't be on my game. No, I wouldn't be on my game. No, I mean I'm I'm all for uh, if people you know I do med- I do do meditation. Um, um, or what I call like quiet contemplation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. I said, but I like going to happy hours too. Yeah, you know, and I like I'm enjoying going to the movies more. I don't know what it is. Like I can have a movie experience, I suppose, at home, but I get interrupted too much. Absolutely, and I just kind of want to be alone. Yes, and that's okay. I love going up north as well. Yeah, in Arizona, we have so yeah. many beautiful, beautiful parks. Yes, um, Oak Creek Canyon is my favorite yeah. down in Sedona. Yeah, and just just sitting there in the water, hanging out. Yeah, that is just very relaxing and refreshing for me. And one, what I was gonna say too was that your position, and I remember being in this sector, um, working with foster in the foster care field. It's heavy work. It is. It is heavy work. Uh, I remember I couldn't. You leave your office, but you don't leave the position. Mm-hmm. Um, I was twenty four seven on call, and so I don't know if you can relate to that. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. heavy work. It's heavy work. Um, it's 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 very important work. Mm-hmm. We have a big mission, big responsibility to ensure the safety of the kids, and yeah. so you don't put that down when you leave. Yeah, you know yeah. you have to be available to that. Um, and I make myself available to all the staff members that I have yeah. after hours um, because they have crises that families are dealing with as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it, like I said, my job is so flexible that it allows me to do that. Yeah. There's days that I'm during the day I'm able to leave so that in the evening I can attend to them sure. to work items at, you know, in the afternoon. Sure. But 
So I, I think that's just worth noting is that while some offices keep regular type of office hours, this type of work no, is ongoing. Time. So that's why it's even more important to have that mental health Absolutely. time. Absolutely. For sure. Um, let me think. So your first job, you said you were at Southwest Human Development. With so my team. first first job? Or Oh, yeah. Like non non catering lady? What yeah. was it? I worked at the parking spot on 40th <laughs> Street in Washington. I remember selling I trolls, selling little the, the ones with the big hair, like mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I, now I wish I had a mom. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Selling trolls. That's awesome. I started working there when I was thirteen years old. My parents used to drive me from the west side of Phoenix all the way to 40th Street in Washington, and I'd make my twenty dollars a day, <laughs> and I thought I was rich. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's so that is so awesome though. That work ethic was already being mm-hmm. instilled. Right, and they supported me. They drove me about a half an hour every Saturday morning at five o'clock in the morning, Saturdays and Sundays, and came back for me in the afternoon. Wow! And they kicked and screamed and were upset about it some days, but they still took me. They still took you. They still supported me through it. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm. That's how I am with my team. I'm like, oh, I don't want to get up that early. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. Oh my gosh, that's that's hysterical though. Selling the trolls. Now they were, they're probably worth something. That's what I'm saying. I wish I would have kept them all. <laughs> um, who do you think, have you had different mentors or I'll, I'm going to say a little buzzword, influencers Absolutely. in your, in your journey up until now? Um, any, anything that stood out for those for, you know, that helped you in your career, personally, and professionally? My... My first job out of um, new college graduate, ready to absorb all information, uh, ready to work, ready to make a difference in all the in all the, the lives that we were going to touch. Um, my first supervisor there made a huge impact on me. And every time I've been promoted mm-hmm. to positions, um, I always reach out to her wow. and tell her, thank you so much because you laid the foundation for me and believed in me and sometimes she had to set me straight and that was okay it was a learning opportunity for me and so um she believed in me empowered me made me feel like i we were a part she made the entire team feel like we were important um she never felt like a boss yeah you know she felt like one of us yeah um and um always did reflective what do you what, what are you thinking what, what what do you think would be best for this family what do you think would be best for you always having those open-ended questions to allow me and empower me to be able to think for myself rather than going to my supervisor and telling me do xyz yeah you know and that's how how I kind of function I think she's she really laid the foundation for me in terms of how I wanted to be how I want to be treated and how to treat others um, and empowering them to feel like they have the answer um, and if anything they have the skills to be able to look for and search and it's all part of it. You know, all that searching, you don't, is part of that end result. Everybody is always, you know, what's the product? I need to get to the end. But that process is very important. And if it needs to be longer than what you feel it needs to be, then what it is, that's okay. It's all part of that process. Yeah. I think, I think um, perhaps it's because of experience. I know this, but I think we can get caught up in, trying to resolve and find that solution so quickly we're social workers yeah we want to solve problems yeah i'm yeah yeah, i remember that that crisis just it's you know and now i'm like is this a crisis 
Yes. Let's reflect on this. Yes. Let's step. Like, yes. Let's take a step back. You know, yes. and then we can. You know, is, are all safety uh, needs being met right now? Okay. Well, then let's take a step back and what's going to be the best answer for this. Yes. Um, that's kind of how I do my decision making mm-hmm. now myself. Mm-hmm. But I think we 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 forget about what. Um, it's a term that I, I've been hearing a lot in, in with my kindergarten teachers, that productive struggle. Mm-hmm. It's a productive struggle where that's how we grow. That's how we learn by being reflective absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. I think she laid the foundation for me and I just been extremely fortunate and blessed, honestly, um, in, in my life, specifically here at Arizona Children's, the mentors that I've had here have just been incredible. That's so great. Incredible um, in terms of just sometimes pushing me outside of my box and yeah. not feeling comfortable and yeah. confident and, you know, them help exposing me to opportunities where they believed in you, you know, and I feel like you set somebody up for, for, for success. success. Yeah. You know, if you believe in them, if you give them the opportunities to make mistakes, but still be there to be that support to them and let them yeah. know. And I you think know, that's, okay. that's important to, to note because there couldn't, there, I have been in, in, um, opportunities or I have been in certain collaborations where it can be a little competitive sometimes. Yeah. And then I go back and say, aren't we here for the same mission? Aren't we here for kids and, and their families? Absolutely. Like that's that really that's what it comes down for for mm-hmm. me at least mm-hmm. you know that we're here on the same team on the Absolutely. same side, and maybe um you have a better idea awesome how can I support that Absolutely how can I get behind Absolutely. that Absolutely and some of my <clears throat> mentors have been the staff members that I've supervised because I truly feel that the learning process isn't linear it doesn't go one way yeah it goes both ways yeah. And, and many, and you met some of the staff members that yeah. are here and some of them that have been here for many years. Um, and I've learned so many skills. I've been improved. I've bettered myself because of things that I've learned through them that are staff members that, you know, they have their experiences that they share and, and their ideas and being able to support them and welcome those opportunities to, to, um, to really be able to, you know, work on a project yeah, together yeah. as a group, as a collaborative, and giving, letting go of the reins. I don't need to hold on to that. I that's don't need a huge, to. That's a huge thing for someone in an administrative position and yeah. a leadership position. And it was hard when I first became a uh, coordinator. Uh, yeah, like, tell us, like, I, the, because that can be It really, was very difficult. And one of the things. That control piece. Yes. It was hard for me because I've always worked independently. Like I've had a caseload. You do this. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for these families and here I go. And then became a coordinator and we were getting phone calls, you know, got to call all these families and, and felt that I didn't want to stress everybody else out. So then I just took on the responsibility, Mm -hmm. but it was one of my staff members that said to me very respectfully, um, it feels like you might not trust me to get the job done. That's powerful. And I was like, that's not the message that I want to give you. And how can we work on this? And how, how um, great is it that she felt comfortable enough to speak up to her, you know, supervisor and, and, and be honest Mm -hmm. and give that feedback. Mm -hmm. That's important to know because sometimes you're so in the thick of it Mm -hmm. that you don't even realize that that's the perception. Absolutely. That's coming and that across. was that was huge for me, and and since then the the program grew b- bigger and bigger, and obviously I needed a, more assistance with it, um, and it taught me that uh, this, I'm not going to build this program on my own. No, 
we all going to do that. We're all going to do this together. We all have the same mission. We all have the same goal. Strength There's based. different ways to go about it. Yeah. I think, um, I, I, and I, and I have had conversations with others about <clears throat> perhaps those that are in, um, we might look at those that are in a leadership uh, administrative position to be the know-all be-all. Yeah. And that, that's not it. That's not it. I've come across a lot of them. Yeah. I do <laughs> no. not have the answers it's, for everything. Yeah, like I think we no. Let's debunk that. Actually, it's because they're awesome at co- maybe that at collaborating, mm-hmm. and you surround yourself with people that are these experts in certain areas and these strengths in these Absolutely. certain areas because you can't have one person be know everything and do er- no. That, that's not how. It's I'm not realistic. just you got to be strategic. You got to be Absolutely. realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, realistic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. I came from family studies and, and human relationships. So I, that connecting for me is, is very important. Yeah. Very important. Whether it's I'm connecting to staff members, whether I'm connecting to a family, whether I'm connecting to a child, it's very important. And so yeah, I might do that out in the community with other providers, other professionals that can help assist mm-hmm. in, you know, making that that um that uh effort yes stronger it's that it's what i call it's that relationship based yes you know leadership i am all about that a lot of the work that i've done has been because it's a relationship that i've established and i don't want to just i don't want to just have a relationship on email here no let's let's chat let's talk about this let's you know i i'm all into finding some um, common uh bonding topic because we're all in it for the same reason absolutely and it makes our work much easier yes definitely uh let's see so what would you say i i do want to kind of touch i don't want to get too crazy because i know it can be overwhelming about our foster care numbers Mm -hmm. i was i was seeing a post on facebook uh, from a colleague that said that there was a little over eighteen thousand right now Mm -hmm. in the foster care system and I've been out of that realm almost two and a half years now. And I remember it was about the same, if not more. I thought it was close to 20 uh, when was. I left. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was just, it, it felt uh, it felt heavy. It felt really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So would you say that that's kind of our numbers right now? 18, mm-hmm. 17, 18. 17, yes, 000. it's definitely, it was, I think, cl- getting close to 21 at one point. It was definitely over the 20,000 mark. Um, it's coming back down again. Um, however, we're not where we want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you think is, is helping right now? I know you were sharing with me all of these amazing programs that mm-hmm. this agency has. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, does, can you, is there anything that stands out that you would say is, has been, you know, pretty helpful? I don't want, I don't know. I don't want to go as far as say effective or, mm-hmm. but it's been certainly really helpful, um, in that process of, of, um, re- re- reunification. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that the focus of, of turning, um, Placements for children to be that of kinship families, to be of relatives is very important for me on a professional and a personal level yeah. um, because family is very important to me and it's family is just not a mom and dad. It's the extended yes. tias and uh-huh. uncles Same. and primas and it's not, you know, so it, and, and sometimes it even extends past that people that are just close to the family. Yeah. Um, and I think um, 
back in 07 when we started our kinship specific um, fostering foster care licensing program within our agency here um, is when it, it grew significantly now yeah. it stands alone you yeah. know they has its own unit here within ASCA and um, just enforcing the importance of family yeah um, I think for the children that are coming in through foster care they're going through trauma. Yeah. You know, we, that's one thing that they all share. They're in foster care because they've experienced some kind of trauma. Sure. Um, lessening that trauma with it. It's known that when you're with kinship, it lessens it to somewhat of a, to something, yes. some degree. Yeah. And so that's important. And being, feeling like you are a part of something, being part of a family yep. is very important. Having that stability. Absolutely. So, stability. um, I think that's been a huge push over the years is, you know, identifying those kinship families and who they are because a lot of them are out there and they feel alone in the system, you yeah. know, trying to navigate it. And it's very confusing to them. And all they're wanting to do is take care of their grandson or grand. Yeah. granddaughter or niece or nephew and it's a very confusing system for them so I think that's one thing that is, is that's been helping is being able to place those children with family to try to lessen you know their experience lessen their trauma traumatic experience so definitely I mean I'm, I'm going to put it out there we, we need more foster care families Absolutely. and right now what we're really needing is um, families that can take multiple children not just one. Not just one. And we need families that can take children that are school age and older yeah. and teenagers. There's so many kids. Right now the focus is congregate care, getting those kids out of group homes and into a foster family. Um, and children that are in group homes tend to have that stigma of coming yeah. with be, you know, behaviors. more behaviors, which that might be the case, but that's not for all of them. And I truly believe that every child has a parent out there. Oh yeah. You know, everybody, yeah. every single one of those children with all the needs that they might have has a parent out there that can be a positive role model, somebody that can teach them about family and that's what they need whether it be in kinship or it being what we call community foster care yeah because community foster care is very important not all the kids yeah have family members that are able to care for them so yeah it's huge so if anybody's interested in it absolutely I, and i am um it. i'll definitely put the links and more information about how to um, contact ask in the show notes as well so just be on the lookout for that if you want more information on mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um what would you say would be advice for ooh, how about for someone that is uh thinking about being a foster care parent what would be a little tip or advice tip or advice i have so many but i think the most important one is to really do some studying do some researching on what it is to care for children with traumatic experiences and these kids just want to be loved they want yeah. to be connected they want to feel connected um, understanding the trauma is going to help you when they're throwing a tantrum to understand that it's not me that they're hating on. Right. It's the it's the trauma that they're trying that they're working through to try to connect with me. Um, that these kids just need a home that will be there in and out through through thick and thin. Um, there's so many kids that sometimes come into foster care and then they end up getting disrupted. Yeah. And that's something that we want to try to Avoid. minimize and 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 reduce becoming part of that child's trauma history. Um, and yeah, you know, that's not something that I want to be a part of. No. I don't want to contribute to that child in that manner. So, 
what is it that I need to do to connect with that child? If they truly feel that we have a connection to somebody, we're going to do all that we can for that person. Yeah. And I, and I, I have to add that it's not a flip of a switch. No, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the work, uh, working with our foster care kids is, um, it's like, it's like you're dating. It's a relationship. <laughs> it's, it's a, a relationship. relationship. And it's, and there might be a honeymoon period and then there's some mm-hmm. triggers. Um, and so, you know, I, I can say a lot of, a lot of tips and suggestions, but I wanted to make sure that, uh, I gave Imelda yeah. an opportunity That connection as well. to me, I feel is key. Yeah. Learning and to understand that your interests as an, an adult are not going to be the same for a five, six, seven, 13, 15, 16 year old. Yeah. And that it's our responsibilities as adults to connect with them. It's not their responsibility to connect with us. Yeah. We're the adults in this relationship Mm -hmm. and it's our responsibility to guide them and teach them that despite everything that's going on, I still love you. I still accept you. I'm still going to be here and I'm still, I'm going to help you. Yeah. And really being there for the long run is what really is going to help them process that trauma and, and be able to deal with it. One of the um, things that I appreciate about these programs is the the level of support for once you do become a foster care parent and after that, um, the resources mm-hmm. that are available. Um, so just keep that in mind as well, that it doesn't have to be an isolating process. Mm-hmm. It definitely is not that. Yeah. Um, you know, we bring other foster parents to come in and, and talk to those incoming um, applicants that are coming to become foster parents. We, we want them to connect with people that have been through the process already and, and build that network of support amongst themselves. Um, there's, there's many resources out there for activities for the kids to become a yeah. part of, for them to go on vacations, for new furniture for the home. There's, there's, it's just being connected. And so there's additional support to them. Yeah. And then there's lots of, lots of training. Yes. Um, and, and, and really looking at training and opportunity to learn. Yes. Not just attending a training for the purposes of completing a training, but really What's the purpose of going to this training? What am I going to take back in? And it's, you know, oh, Melissa, yeah. that going to so many trainings, it's it's not attending the training what's important. It's putting it into work. I was just going to say, we, we, uh, yeah. we do PD all the time, but it's I find it it's more effective. It's that reflection and that ongoing process to, to talk about how you it use the skills work. and the strategies Absolutely. that you learn in the training with the actual um, children that you are with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't meshing those two and, and it takes a lot yes. of effort. It takes a lot of effort. Um, well, I mean, I definitely commend you for your work. 12 years is, is inspiring. It's an, it's Thank admirable. You. Um, it's been a good journey. It has been. A, and it's not over yet. Not over yet. <laughs> I always tell you, I, I tease you, Mel, I'm like, at some point, maybe when I do want like a full-time job, you know, do you think you can give me or, you know, see what's there for me? I can be a greeter. I a greeter. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to work directly with the children and the families. I've already been doing that. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, can I give stickers to people like Walmart? You know, can, um, but I definitely want to volunteer with us. I know. Once I get my, 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 uh, my preschooler, when she's in a regular uh, program, 
I, oh my gosh, I would, I would absolutely love to do that kind of work. Um, just to hold you to it. I will. No, because I, I want to highlight um, this field because it's really near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. I love my early childhood stuff, um, but there's nothing like um, the foster care and the social services doing my crisis work. Like mm-hmm. that was certainly, that was hard, but it was how I grew the most. I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it pushes you. Absolutely. It challenges you. That is what it does. Yes. Every day is different. Yeah. Every Which I love. Day. Absolutely. But sometimes I'm like, can we just, you know, like, can I just do paperwork no. or something? No. no. Don't ask for that, Marie. But he said, don't ask for that. I know. I know. I know. It, but it is really. Part of the. Part of the. It's a heavy work. And I am I feel so um, um, lucky that I have. A connection with you that is continuing this kind of work. I have, a, you know, I have other connections that are still in the in the foster care system, but it's not just um, that you're that you're still here, but someone that's a Latina. I I have to stress that um, that's giving that um, representation of our community, of mm-hmm. our families mm-hmm. um, that need that support as well. So, um, with that, is there anything that you want to end with? Any other um, comments? Um, tip. You want to close it out with anything that comes out? Mm-hmm. And you, you. Know, I didn't come into this field thinking, you know, that I wanted to be a statewide director for foster care and adoption. Um, and I think that you have to allow yourself to be part of that journey. And I really feel like going with the flow some people have the focus yeah and that's okay um but just trusting in that some people nowadays they want to get into a career and they they just want to go directly to it you know and 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 become supervisors and supervise (laughs) and 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 that's good for some people some people are meant for that but Again, taking it back to that journey of how important each piece of each of your stops that you make oh, yeah. to stop and reflect about, you know, what is it that that is important to me in doing this job? Because you have to be, you still have 11 years. I still have to be, I have to find some passion in what I do Absolutely. or else I'm not doing a, 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 not doing a service to ultimately the children and the families that I'm working with, or even to my, to myself, um, you have to find what ignites you. What's that passion? What is it? And, and if in any position that you're in finding, if you're stuck to unstuck, unstick yourself, yeah, really finding, you know, what is it that I need to ignite myself again? Um, Cause that's when you do your best work, you know? So really finding, what motivates you, what keeps you going. And if it's a change in what it is that you're currently doing, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You know? And I always feel like if it's, um, sometimes we, they don't, there's, there are teachers or direct care staff or that maybe didn't, don't feel that their, maybe their work matters because it might be kind of small. Yeah. There's that huge pressure. Yeah. To be successful. And I'm like, you know? well, success is whatever you make, Absolutely. You make of it. Absolutely. And no, this is, you're doing the most important work here. You're, you know, I, I always feel like it doesn't matter whether you're doing that um, out, out in the field, visiting homes, uh, working with those families or, an, or you're in a desk behind, you know, in, in an office, 
you know, make the best of that. Absolutely. All of that is impactful. Yeah. And I, I truly believe that where that started for me was at home with yeah. my parents um, and their struggle of coming to a country that they didn't, I mean, they didn't even know the language. Yes. Yeah. Of, but they always opened the home, their home to, to different strangers, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to help them out and to feed them and care for them. And they gave it their all, you know, at any point. And there were some struggles that we went through as a yeah. family, but not giving up, you know, on what matters most to them and um, always trying to, find what brings joy to you and and I want to really quickly ask this is I asked um another Alma this question when you got this position what did you what did your mom what did my mom say yeah the first thing my mom said was like and what's gonna happen happen with Damian (laughs) that was the first thing that's so funny that's that's so my mom too where are you gonna be Who's he going to be? Are you going to take him with you when you go to Tucson or to Yuma? Uh-huh. And so he's going to be alone, you know? And so that was her. And that's her a priority. Cons- yeah. And, and yeah. it's one of my priorities, too, that mm-hmm. I had to think through. And I have to plan accordingly to ensure that he's taken care of if I am out, you know, of Phoenix, of this area. So that was her, that was her number one. Um, that's funny. Through it through the process of deciding of whether or not this is an endeavor that I wanted to take on. Um, she, she, she had, she had those difficult questions for me, you know, yeah. that really pushed me to think about, um, wh- where am I going? What, what's my goal? You yeah. know, what, what is my goal? And, and she encouraged me and supported me ultimately. I mean, she's always had that support, but her priority are her grandchildren. Yeah. You know, and ensure that the kids and and her focus as a parent when we were she didn't work. My my yeah. my dad was the sole provider for many years until my my two younger sisters actually went off to school. Did my mom start working? And that was her. I mean, she worked, but not while she was a like she became a parent. Sure, that was her focus, and yeah. that's her priority. And and. It's still her priority, and now it's extended. Now she has five grandchildren that she's extended out to. And she reminds us all the time how they need to be our priority. Um, but they are. They are. And I think that that's where, we, that's where we get it from, is from our families. And that example of family comes first. Yeah. Um, and remembering in all that we do, um, that we, get, we have to keep that in mind and not forget where we came from. Mm-hmm. She's pointing to a little sign that says, don't forget where you come from and where you came from, but never lose sight of where you are going. Absolutely. And having those goals of always wanting to do better for yourself, for your family, for your community. Um, Yes. And and maybe it resonates more with us because of the, it's a, the type of families we have, if, if I don't know, I don't want to say it's a Latino thing, but certainly um, I can definitely relate to that. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, amiga. Gracias for this thank interview. You. And I hope our listeners found it helpful. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Podcast.